Father. You are the God who loves us and wants us to come into a living experience of relationship with you. It so changes us that we become different. sit in your presence and we hear the words that you've given me I pray Father that they would do the work that they've been sent for and they would find a place in their hearts and that you would do what none of us can do is everything. We are in awe of you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. How powerful it is that we live from him and that he lives in us. And we know a living God. We don't know about God. We don't believe in something out there. We don't live from a belief system. He has called us into oneness with him. And anything outside of that is not him. It's a shadow. It's an alternative gospel. It's been an interesting week. And I've known for a while what the... the the passage that he wanted me to, he was leaning in on for us. Um, But I didn't know, like there's so much in it, I didn't know the where, the how, the what. And through the week, um, there's been a whole lot of things happening and and it's been a last minute thing really. as often as the case, because he does the work within us. And then um, it's, not, it's not me, <laughs> it's him. And, and then you share out of what he does and who he is, um, and you're not speaking words, theoretical words, 
It's living. So the, the two verses are in 2 Corinthians 11, and in verse 2 and 3. You will have heard these many times before. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. But I'm afraid that as the servant deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. You see, love is the base, it's the foundation. Everything flows from it. And it's easy to read that and immediately go into a lack position. But you see, it always starts with his love. It always starts with his love. So as soon as we come in from a lack position, we're trying, what should I do to get things right? Yeah? And that's the problem. (laughs) It's been my problem. Can I share some a, a particular scripture that demonstrates something about this love? It's Romans 5, verses 6 to 8. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, not when we were seeking him, not when we were trying our hardest to please him, when we completely didn't want anything to do with him. You see, he's demonstrating a kind of love. It's not a love that we know. Because we, in our natural selves, know the kind of love that is a reciprocating love. That it loves because it's loved. But he's demonstrating his own love, which is a different kind of love. It's on a whole different sphere. It's unconditional. It can't be earned. It can't be increased. And it can't be decreased by our behavior or our attitude. How phenomenal is that? Now, we can know it here, but still operate from the trying to earn it. But it's the position where he does what we cannot do. And when we receive his love and it comes and does what we cannot do, we really receive his love. And for me, that happened in... Um, a time where I, I had been, I knew him, I felt I loved him, I'd been following him, but I'd been operating out of this earning. And when he brought me to this place of brokenness, and I've shared this testimony before, he did for me, what I could not do for me. And I encountered 
his love in a way that completely changed me. Completely and utterly changed me from that day forward. Because I had never received that love. And that's the love that holds us in a place. Because it stops us from, and he brings us back to that place. If we veer off and we go back to the old way, he, he brings us back. You see, Christ chose us. We didn't choose him. One John four nineteen says, "We love because he first loved us." There it is. He doesn't love us because we first loved him. He doesn't love because we love him. We love because he first loved us. It's a natural thing that happens to us when we encounter his love. It just it it comes out. We don't try. We can't stop it. I want to read um, something that I just went back and had a look at. I haven't, haven't read it for years. And it was a journal entry around this time, 25th of April, 2010. <clears throat> this was just what I wrote down after this encounter that I had that literally transformed my life. So Johnny spoke about blind Bartimaeus screaming out to Jesus, the spirit call from the side of the filthy road, robe, <coughs> road, sorry. And he talked about throwing off his cloak. The cloak is the only comfort in a place never intended to be comfortable. He threw it off to go to Jesus and followed him. What do I have to throw off? All fears, doubts, frustrations at not being productive, all excuses, all past things that rise up in my mind when I need to do something new. This is what was transacting. As I did this, Jesus took hold of me. And he looked me in the eyes This is what he said. Behold, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. The new has come. He looked me in the eyes and said that. Man, when you have Jesus look in your eyes and say that, you know that everything is new. You literally know it. How can I express this was... My love that came out because I received love. How can I express my thankfulness in my love, Lord? You have given me a new start, even at this stage of my life. My life is new again. I so much want to stay close to you. I want to do what you say, walk with you. I so much want to stay clean, pure, uncluttered, soft, responsive, Strong, empowered, brave, bold. You see, love flows out when love is received. Our divine purpose in life is to be part of a love story. It's about relationship. It's to know him, to know him personally, to know him closer than we know anyone else, to respond to his love by giving up our whole lives to him. It becomes about living from his spirit within. I had a, another time that was like a week later. And in this 
I knew that everything had fallen off. I literally knew. And I had come out of a place of absolute despair and lots of hurt, um, lots of things that had happened um, that were very deep. Um, The next week, I remember standing there in worship and saying, what next? Now you've done this. In my mind, because my mind hadn't been renewed to his ways, was expecting him to say, now I'm going to send you to this people group so you can share what I've done in you to other people. <laughs> but he, he filled me. He filled me. Let me read. Seventeenth of the fifth. You are the living word. You live in me. You you are alive and active in me. Last night, amazing time where I was just asking Jesus, what next? What do you want to do through me? I've come to the place of complete surrender before him, a throwing off the cloak of the old. He has said you are a new creation. The old has gone. I've made all things new. For the first time ever, instead of sensing him close, which I had before, hearing his heartbeat, I'd had that, feeling him behind me, lifting my arms, lifting my head, soaring as an eagle with him, all those were experiences I'd had, all external of me. Last night, I felt him come and fill me inside completely. Like his hands and fingers went on the inside of me to the tips of my fingers, filling every last part. He said, where I go, you go. What I see, you see. I thought, wow, I've so often asked him to come where I go. And he's telling me now that he is living out through me, literally a different way of operating joined again I so want to stay in this place (laughs) to keep pure in every way so that he will remain in me and I in him John 15 5 whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit if you live in me and my words remain in you ask and it would be done for you I live and move and have my being in him. It's such an awesome thing. I can only just grasp the reality of it. Keep showing me more, Lord. Keep opening my eyes and ears that indeed your word would totally live and bear fruit in me. It's a different way of being. So this scripture... When we look at it, for I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might might present you as a pure virgin. I'm afraid you've been deceived away from that. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, go and have a look at just a few of those words. Betrothed, most of you will know, but if you don't, it, it actually is like marriage. It's not like engagement, it's actually like marriage. So this particular word, betrothed, comes um, from the word to join and fit together. It's like for a carpentry, Beams in the house. Oh, I love those. So he's talking about fitting and joining to one husband. It's actually not the same word for betrothed of the Virgin Mary, betrothed to Joseph. It's a different word. It's amazing. So... 
what I just described, now my life is hidden in Christ. Now he is living his life literally through me, joined, fit together, not promised for something just out there, but living in this way. And Paul knows this, and he knows that this is, this is what he's called to, to speak of. And he's talking about presenting this pure virgin to Christ on a day like a father would present his daughter, his beloved daughter, to her husband. And he knows that she is to be purely and utterly in heart one with the one that she's marrying. That everything stems out of this oneness with him that is now, but it's going to be consummated at a later time. This oneness by the Spirit coming in us. See, he always has his eyes, Paul always has his eyes on this unseen realm, this eternal purpose that is why we exist on the earth. There's nothing more important. Why are we here? Like, until I knew this, I didn't actually know why I was here. Life didn't really make sense. It was all about the temporal stuff. And so any of the temporal stuff that didn't quite work out, and this was where I'd come to, my whole purpose was being a mother, God-given purpose. That was my whole purpose of being on this world. That was my thinking. That fell apart. I fell apart. But it isn't his eternal purpose. So my foundation was wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? He's so, he so wants our foundation to be right. And that's why the call. That's why I wanted to spend time because each one of us needs him to come in with his love and do what only he can do. So that, that we respond and we are in his way. We're not trying to do church or it's not this external thing. It's this internal place where he comes in. David said, you desire truth in the innermost innermost being. In his desperation in Psalm 51. Who is truth? It's not you desire lots of knowledge about truth in the innermost being. You desire truth that you want my heart. That's what he's saying over and over again. And I want your heart because I love you. And when I have your heart, you come into life. Everything flows from that. You see, if... Let's have a look at this. So, there is a lining that happens all the time because of what I talked about. He wants our heart, right? A pure virgin is one that is not contaminated and hasn't been with the world, hasn't given herself to other lovers. Now, we've heard this, but it's... I think we often hear it, and it's like out there somewhere. 
and we don't hear the call of love that is calling us into that place, (laughs) we would be free and not entangled. See, it's like our heart. You know how we have the expression heart strings, you know? Pull on my heart strings. We can have a heart strings, if you like, tangled around lots of things. People and things, um, careers, all those sort of things. We're devoted to, the, to those and it has a heart. And we're not wholly, wholeheartedly his. But he has given all of himself. He has not just given a part of himself. He's so clearly demonstrated that it's all position, hasn't he? Yeah? Because he gave it all. And this is the place of life. It's, it's the place of death to flesh, but life in him. And it's the flesh that goes, like that. Okay, get used to it. That's the flesh. It's never going to say, oh, I really want that. Do you know what I mean? We kind of expect it, or we try and bash our flesh, get it into shape so that it will give its heart to the Lord. It's not going to. But he does what only he can do. And that is part of what he did when he died and rose again. The power over sin broken. So our life is lived by faith in the one who died and rose again. And his death becomes our death. His life, his resurrection life is given to us. And we have power to overcome. Not because we've suddenly got it right and we've bashed ourselves into place. But we've given up trying to bash ourselves into place. We've come to the end of that process. And we've hum- we're humble. And we're crying out, Lord, help, like Bartimaeus. So he adjusts our heart. He's done that with me this week. Woke up in the middle of the night. And it was like, why, why, is, why is your mind on this? Usually you have a song for me in the middle of the night. <gasps> Lord, speak to me, speak to me. Repent, turn. What is it that? You know, and he works, he works these things. He's jealous for us. Because he wants us in that place of openness so we can receive him. You know, when we're built by, by Christ, he produces all that beautiful stuff within us. When we try building ourselves, it doesn't go so well. Look at this in James 3. He's talking about the wisdom from above. Whose wisdom? Christ's wisdom, isn't he? Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. You cannot demonstrate what you don't have on the inside. You can try. But there is going to be a demonstration of who is inside in his life. That's how he's made it. He's designed it so that we can't do it ourselves. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Wow. Be honest. Open up your heart, even the yuck stuff. He knows anyway. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. Get used to it. (laughs) We need him. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But listen to this. This is the fruit. But the wisdom from above 
is first pure. Interesting. First pure. He's after pure, spotless, holy, blameless bride. And he himself is first pure, undefiled, uncontaminated. That's why he can build us how he does. Then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit, (laughs) the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. (laughs) Incorruptible seed from him is going to produce this in this environment of oneness with him. If we're living by the carnal mind, the seed is still there. We're still saved, but we're not producing this fruit of righteousness because we're not living in his manner. We're trying to do it. And when Paul says this, he's afraid that your minds will be led astray. It means corrupted. Interesting, it happens in the mind, doesn't it? So we start letting our carnal mind direct us, not his thinking. Instead of trusting in God, we lean on our own understanding. And the process of transformation, this bridal preparation, largely stops. Because we're not in this abiding place of him empowering and showing us the stuff. So very often what happens is we become doing-oriented and functional. It's, it's interesting. It's just how the human beings are. You know, and um, you see it all the way through, and you can see it in Scripture, and then you say, that's me. <laughs> it's not them, it's me. So you see in John 6, and Jesus has done this incredible miracle, and he's given out um, and multiplied this bread and then he's, the whole purpose of that was actually to reveal who he is as our bread, as our source, which is exactly what I'm talking about, this oneness. And some of the fellows say, what work must we do to do God's works? You can see it. What must I do to gain eternal life? We're wired. Give me the do. You can't. Sorry, can't do it. You know what he says the first work is? What's the first work? Believe. (laughs) Believe the one. And that's not a belief system out there. I believe that Jesus was sent by God. It's not that. It's this incredible conviction and transaction that completely changes my life. So it's back to relationship again, isn't it? Funny that. There's only one way he builds, and it's not separate from us. It's one with us. You know how... um, in Revelation 2, 4, it says, But I have this against you that you have left your first love. Again, do we hear that and we say, oh, <gasps> hyperventilate a little bit. I've left my first love. What do I do? What do I do to make sure I don't? I've got to. <sighs> what happened at first? I've just given you two examples that I wrote down. The the reason why I wanted to, that was straight after it had happened. Love came. What came out? Love. That's the first love. The love that, that receives from him and responds. Receives, responds. So it's simple. 
It's a simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. That's what it is. It just comes out in response to his love, response to receiving. It's his way of being, and he's designed us in his image to flow the same way. Isn't he? Love. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they flow in love. They receive, they give. They receive, they give. They flow in love, in oneness. Nothing's ever done separate from each other. He's designed us the same way. But we have to have our minds renewed to it because we're familiar with the old. But the old has passed away. And behold, the new has come. He's made everything new. Powered by love and relationship with him and with each other. Interestingly, in that same passage in in Revelation 2, look what they could do. I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and that you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. It's funny what you can do. But this one thing, wow, but it's the main thing. It's the source of everything, is that you've lost your first love. You've actually not lost, you've left your first love. And he says, so they're not powered by his love. So they're not fit as his bride because she will know this powering of oneness. It's what it's all about. It's a different operating system. And then he says in Revelation 2, 5, Therefore remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. And man, we can get so hung up. What are the deeds I did at first? What's the first work? To believe. So what did I just demonstrate in the journal? Receive love. Receive love. Everything comes from that. So it's the first deeds, actually, is that word. The first deeds. The first deeds is Receiving. Receiving his love. And then automatically everything flows out of that. You love him back and anything that you do comes out of that empowering of receiving. Yeah? It's a different manner of being. So this is the passion that Paul has when he's saying this passage. I'm afraid that you've been duped out of this. And he goes on and he's talking about having accepted another gospel. It's what I was walking in, another gospel that was to do with doing and to do with knowing things, to do with discerning things. But it wasn't anchored and empowered in living love relationship with Father. And I lived for decades like that. It's not that I didn't love him at all. It wasn't that I wasn't his child. But I was in a wrong operating system. I had accepted another gospel, another Jesus. And guess whose fault it was? Not those who preached it. Moi. And, and he really put his finger on that this week. It's so easy to blame other people. But when you read the rest of this, this chapter 11 of Second Corinthians, he's talking to them. You so readily accept 
He's not talking to the false apostles. He's actually talking to them. Why have you been duped? You know, I am afraid that you'll be actually, he's actually, wake up, wake up. Because there is only one way of life. There is one call. There is one eternal purpose. You have been promised for a reason. I have betrothed you to one husband. And this simple purity of of your devotion to Christ is the very anchoring and the source and the, the place that you live from. He's passionate. So, interesting, we understand it in human terms sometimes, but we can still do it in human terms. So, let me bring you back to my week and one of the things that he showed me. A lot of stuff going down and a lot of stuff I was responding to the Lord, but I was still struggling. And... Come Saturday morning, I said to Chris, we need to sit down. (laughs) And poor old Chris has been working very, very long hours. And I longed for this, what we were about to have. And I poured out my heart of all the things that were going on and what is it that God is speaking through this? And there were many tears and many used tissues on the floor. And Chris and I had oneness. Deep, heart to heart stuff that we've needed to talk about for ages. And in the busyness of life, our relationship as a husband and wife had become somewhat like what he was talking about. Function, doing, living together, loving, but in the separate kind of way. And so... He so beautifully did this, putting us back to where life is and where our life has always been as a husband and wife. But it had got somewhat distant, shall we say, for a few weeks. And it was the most beautiful place. You may have experienced this. But this is a shadow of this depth of love and communication, heart to heart, empowering. A marriage lives on love. It lives on intimate communication, heart to heart. It's where the power comes from. We kind of know this. But when you experience it, you really know it. And we're coming up 33 years married. There is no time, no matter how long you've been married, that love is not the foundation cornerstone. That communication at that depth of level is not the the absolute fountain of life. That relational Everything flows from. Everything is empowered from. So why would we think it's any different for the Lord? There is never a time where we move on from this place. Do you see what I'm saying? This is what Paul is saying. You can't move on from the base. You can't move on from the very core of who you are in him. Love, receiving, giving, receiving, giving. 
this interplay of, of intimacy where he's speaking to you and you're crying out to him and you're talking to him and he's feeding you with his word. That's the core. This place where you're not trying to earn his respect or earn his love. This place where you can be, just be. I don't have to earn Chris's love. I don't have to put my words in a particular way so that he would accept them and he wouldn't reject me. I could just be. It's exactly like that. So the simplicity, the simplicity is demonstrated when God, Jesus talks about the children coming to him. You know, unless you turn, a converted, turn and come to me like little children, you cannot enter. See, it's all saying the same thing. He restored that to me at the same period of time that I've talked about in the journal. In worship, it was like he restored this being state as a little child coming to him, stripped away all the stuff. I'd was, I had been so bogged down with thoughts of people's expectations and what is it that, you know, people are thinking of me and all this stuff. And I was bawling my eyes out on the floor, wherever I needed to be. I was a child before my Lord. And he was my father. And he, would, he was giving me pictures and restoring the relationship. I was crawling onto his lap. And he was holding me. We were walking together through the, the gardens with the fields. He was swinging me round like a father does. And my, I was just letting go and my legs were way out. You know, freedom as a child. Freedom to be I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't earning anything. I wasn't trying to do anything. I wasn't should have nothing. I was just me. That became the pearl of great price. That became the core of my being, the core of life, the core of substance. That's what he's talking about. The simplicity Pure devotion to Christ. It's so beautiful, isn't it? Humility. Don't have to try anything. But be and and receive. Jude one twenty one. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Oh, is God going to stop loving me? If I don't keep myself in the love of God, what does that mean? No, it's saying the same thing. Keep yourself in this intimacy, in this place. That's the core, yeah? I just want to finish with a couple of things about holiness and purity. I thought this was lovely. There's a color that represents them, and you will know that. What color do you think represents in the, in the Bible? Holiness and purity. White. Bang on. Just in Revelation, you've got heaps of times where there's white garments. In Revelation 2.17, there's a white stone with a new name. There's a white horse and white horses in Revelation 6. And 19, and listen, there's a white throne. Revelation 20, 11. Revelation 3, 21. He who overcomes. How are you going to overcome if you're not in this place? We can't. We cannot do it but we can when he's in us. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father 
on his throne. Wow, that's a high calling. That's a high calling. That's not just a live a few years and get married, have kids, have a mortgage and die. It's not even do this mission for the Lord and produce much fruit. It's not. All of that will flow out because of love and it will be unattached to you, unattached to your identity and it will be fruit that lasts. I want to leave us with this one scripture. This is what happens when we allow him and we come to this core place to do this work. Beautiful. The very last verse in Ephesians 6, the whole of the book. Grace be with all those who have, who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. We love because he first loved us. Incorruptible love has been given to us and it changes us. We partake of a divine nature as we enter in his way, stay in that place of intimacy. Don't live from our own strength. We've exchanged, as it's said in that beautiful song, we've exchanged a whole lot of stuff, haven't we? Not only our hurt and fear and pain, but also our life, our hopes and our dreams. It's a powerful song, that one. Very powerful song. So Lord, we thank you for your word to us and I just pray that the the life that you have for us, the call that you have for us, this high calling, Lord, would be revealed deep in our hearts that you would open our hearts to see and understand why we're here. And that, Lord, we would be able to know in our knowers, deep on the inside, that it's your love that sets us free, and when we're free, we're free indeed. And we walk together in it. And, Lord, it is a walking out. It's not just an instant and that's it. It's a living relationship. And I thank you with everything that's in me for the fact that you love us and want relationship with us. And not just any relationship. You want this incredible marriage relationship with us. We give you ourselves again. In Jesus' name, amen.